Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational effort. The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Rubber Kicks Squires. Yes, hello and good morning. And the Chiefs are champions. They're still partying in beautiful Hamilton, the city once known as Cowtown. It was called Cowtown. Cowtown? That's where all the bells come from. Cowtown. Cow still, yeah, yeah. The cowbells. Cow They're bells. ringing the cowbells as we speak. Fans are hanging off that statue in the main square of Richard O'Brien dressed as Riff Raff from the Rocky Horror Show. That's where he hails from. He wrote the Rocky Horror Show. That's a little bit of fact for you. Is it Hamilton? He's, he's from Hamilton. Hamilton. And that's exactly right. Uh, too good for the Sharks. Just too good for the Sharks who had that... Pretty difficult. Uh, I guess the travel schedule mm. was bad enough. Uh, where did you boys, Timmy Horan and Matt Burke, where did you watch the final? Well, I, I boys, I, I was looking at it and thinking all the frequent flyer points that the Sharks would have picked up, but they yes. just struggled in the end, didn't yeah. they? But I actually I watched it at home, mm-hmm. and I did the right thing. I, I sent away to um, the suburbs at Ives in Sydney and uh, ordered my biltong. <laughs> I got my packet of biltong to support the Sharks. I knew that. I thought the Chiefs would sort of get there, so I'm chipping away with my, my 4X gold and a packet of biltong watching the game. How are the teeth? Nice. They're right. Oh, <laughs> not sure about the breath this morning after <laughs> dusting, dusting a kilo of it. I don't mind the biltong. Biltong's all right. You can really gnaw. On it, yeah, it just takes you a while to get through it. I didn't know. So you can? Do they import it here? You can actually get. No, they make it. There's a, there's a lovely uh, gourmet butcher shop in St Ives yeah. that uh, I send away and um, and got a packet of it. Yeah, it's, a, is... it's about a year old. Don't they cure it for about a year? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, I, yes. Try that. They just leave it on the animal line by the side of the road yeah. for a long time. I just, you just got to watch the little toenails. You know, the pig's toenails that are left in there. Oh, yeah. So we'll get to that game very shortly. Elsewhere, the silver shower of mediocrity continues for Australia in the Olympics. Look, I don't mean that, but we are going to ask the question, are our expectations of our Olympians and our athletes too high? That's later in the show. Plus, we'll solve the problems of the Waratahs. I'll talk to the acting chairman uh, and the man who should be skipper, Ben Robinson. That's Al Baxter, of course. We'll talk to him as well. And we'll start our countdown of the top 10 greatest moments in Australian rugby right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck. Super 15 season is officially over, ladies and gentlemen. The Chiefs, uh, the Waikato Chiefs, beautiful Hamilton, 37 beat the Sharks 6 last evening. Look, it was a top game for about eight and a half minutes. Uh, (laughs) That seemed to be about the length of time that the Chiefs turned up there. And we just mentioned at the top of the show what an incredibly difficult schedule they've had of late in terms of just of the travel. Uh, let alone the intensity of the games they've had to uh, had to play. But the first 10 minutes, their forwards, they were intense. It was all happening. But then suddenly it stopped and the, the Chiefs just turned it on and looked far too good, didn't they? You wonder if they were just looking at the uh, what meal they're going to have on the business class flight on the way home <laughs> to South Africa. As you, as you mentioned, Timmy, before the break, that they've done some travelling over the last couple of weeks. I actually thought they would have put in a better performance uh, with the strength of their forwards and the speed they've been playing at. But... I don't think the wet helped him at the same yeah, time, yeah. but then you can't take away from the performance of, of the Chiefs. They're outstanding. And, and we talked about Sonny B. Williams last week and the influence he's had in amongst, you know, the way he gets the ball across the advantage line. Yeah. He was fantastic again last night and, uh, you know, signed off to a, to a great one by scoring a try. So uh, well-deserved. And, and Timmy, I, I don't know about you, but it's written here in the paper today, perennial underachievers, uh, you know, have obviously have won. And, and it was that. When we played them, you always thought, yeah, I'll notch up a win against the Chiefs, but they've obviously turned it around with... 13 more faces coming through and it's been a great turnaround for them. Yeah, they've had a wonderful season, haven't they? I think Wayne Smith, also the the assistant coach for the Chiefs, who has been assistant coach for the All Blacks for a couple of seasons now and 
you know, who I think the Waratahs should be making the first phone call to for the coach for next year. But I think that the way Maybe that Maybe you should put that to Al Baxter if we speak to him. Have a little yes, bit, uh, yes. Well, we will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll put some pressure on Al, yep. I'm, I'm sure. But, yeah, I think the Chiefs were they, they were the best team in the competition by far um, and probably one of the better games is when the Reds played them here at Suncorp Stadium. So can the Reds actually call themselves the champions? Because they did oh, beat the Chiefs. <laughs> you're clutching, aren't you? Oh, yeah. You're hanging on? Queenslander. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine Sonny Bill Williams and he had a sensational game. But not only just the, the, the final try, he set up uh, one earlier and then another one with a, a crashing tackle mm. that loosened the ball. Uh, played really well for his final uh, game. And you could see that he actually he enjoyed being there and enjoyed it so much that uh, he tried a bit of crowd surfing as soon as he'd, he'd scored that try. Uh, just, but just have a listen to his final try. Now they get a wide Oh, have you ever seen that before in this boat? Turn it up. Wow. American football, they do it. That's Jerry Maguire stuff. Green Bay Packers do it. Sonny <laughs> Bill Williams can do it. I don't know if you're the person that immediately over the fence when Sonny Bill Williams leaps into your arms. What you're thinking, really? <laughs> I, I, I reckon. I reckon he had a pretty fair chance that there was going to be chief supporters there, not shark supporters, pushing him back yeah, off the yeah, fence. That's right. That's what about what about Marsh's call though? It's uh, the Jerry Maguire, and it's just so apt. Show me the money. He goes over to Japan now for 1.2 over 12 games. I think it is so. Yeah. So he's not actually playing now in the rugby championship. Is is the latest news? It seems that he does yeah, well, because he, his yeah, commitment yeah. to Japan. Yeah, he was supposed to play the first two um, Bledisloe Cup games for yep. the All Blacks because there has been a couple of injuries in the centres for the, for the uh, the All Blacks, and and now that his club side Panasonic in Japan have said to him, well, we'd like you over here in two weeks' time to start pre-season training and training with the team because we are paying you one point two for a handful of games. So yep. per- for probably fair enough. Timmy, your record. You last week you said Foles is going to be Waratah coach. He's gone. Is he going to? Is he going to stay? Gee, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back playing for the Chiefs in yeah. two and a half years. There you go. <laughs> That's it. After he goes and terrifies a few locals at, uh, in the J- Japanese. And then, I, then I reckon he'll, you know, his last probably opportunity, he's done the boxing, he's done rugby, he's done yep. league. Um, I reckon NFL, he's a fair chance of having a crack at that for a season, I'd say. Could he, I'm going to throw a little curveball, could he then throw up an origin call? We've seen a few of the boys come across and play from the Kiwi teams. Could he, or because he's played New Zealand, he probably can't. No, no chance. No, no, no chance. No. Yeah. Okay, we'll just yeah. throw it out there. Yeah, that was good. That was very left field, where you're <laughs> coming from. <laughs> uh, we've got plenty to come on the show, including solving the problems of the Waratahs. We'll begin that process by talking to Al Baxton. This is The Rock. All right, so where is it with the Waratahs? How will they uh, come to the expected glory? Certainly, I'm expecting Berkey next year. I'm expecting a complete turnaround like the Chiefs of last year to this year. I, I'm tipping the Waratahs will be uh, holding the shield aloft and a man trying to uh, get us in that position, of course, one of the great Waratah and Wallaby front rowers. Now, the interim chairman and uh, member of the Waratah board, Al Baxter, who joins us. G'day, Al. Morning. An expectation that I mentioned there is what has been uh, behind, and I guess, something of a stumbling block for Waratahs for some time. Where are we? Uh, obviously, the Michael Foley's gone. They talk about the coach. The committee has been formed to choose a new coach. What's the process? Where are we? Um, well, yeah, essentially, we're... <laughs> At the point where you've uh, actually said where the uh, file is gone and we have the rugby subcommittee, which is a committee that is um, formed all year, uh, and that committee is now um, meeting regularly to uh, assess coaches to pick a new head coach. What's the time frame, Al, in terms of, of coaching? We know uh, Alan Gaffney's still there or thereabouts, and are we opening it up as in worldwide looking for a coach? 
Definitely, definitely. We're looking for the um, best coach we can possibly get in the whole world. So um, there is no specific time frame. Um, we're making sure we get the process right. Obviously, we don't want this to drag on, so we are um, working as quickly as we're able to, um, but we're not going to compromise um, the result by just trying to get it done. And, Al, what about... Uh, I know when the Queensland Reds, you know, three or four years ago, went through this same situation, mm. they, they virtually cleared all the deck chairs um, away, you know, new, new chairman... A new coach, new CEO. Uh, where are you at in regards to um, the subcommittee to actually look at and find a coach? Because I know there's some very good coaches out there at the moment. I mean, Wayne Smith, uh, who obviously had success with the Chiefs last last night. Um, I know he's got a get-out clause of his last last year's contract. So there's plenty of opportunity out there. But on the subcommittee, um, the players have a say. Because I know that Ben Robinson's been voiced a fair bit of opinion about the players would like some sort of say. Yeah, the players will definitely have a say. Um, but look, at the end of the day, the decision has to come down to the board. They're the ones who have to take responsibility for the decision and they're held accountable for it. So look, we really value the opinion of the players, but also the New South Wales Rugby Union, the community side, because um, they obviously um, do involve programs um, with the professional side and also would like to um, be heavily involved in what the coach does in terms of the stuff out in the community. So... Um, all the key stakeholders being players, New South Wales Rugby Union, all those guys, we'll, we'll, we welcome and value their, their um, sort of opinions and, and input into the process. Al, you, just to make sure we are talking to Al Baxter, aren't we? A prop for the Waratahs because, <laughs> mate, you're sounding intelligent, incredibly intelligent, I should say. It's incredible. He designed footy stadium. No, he's smart, man. <laughs> man, outstanding. Uh, what's, yeah. what's tougher, Al? Sticking your head in a scrum or doing this kind of stuff? Oh, look, I've only, I'm only a week into this job, so <laughs> the scrum stuff's hard. <laughs> look, ask me in a couple of weeks and I'll be the other way around, I'm sure. But uh, no, look, one of, the, one of the reasons why I put, was put in as interim chairman because I have been in the organisation for what, 13 or 14 years now and, and I do know um, obviously all the playing group, I know all the staff, um, both the playing staff and the administrative staff. So it, it was one of those... Um, decision that was made where, look, I, I can really um, pick up the phone and have a chat to anyone in the organisation. Mm. And, um, and so I have been talking a lot to the players, I've been talking a lot to the staff, um, obviously in close contact with the CEO. So in that way, um, hopefully I'll be able to uh, keep the information flying really well in all directions. All right, mate. Well, it's a tough and important decision for the Waratahs. Uh, thanks so much for being part of the ruck and having a chat with us this morning. No worries, guys. Thanks Cheers a lot. Out. That's Al Baxter. Next up, the skipper, Ben Robinson. This is the ruck. This is the ruck. It's your Sunday rugby show. We've just spoken to Al Baxter, who is the interim chairman at the Waratahs, about the future, the search for the coach. And as he said, uh, without a hint of hyperbole, they're going everywhere in the world to find the best coach ever in a million years. And I think that's a very good idea. <laughs> very, very good good idea because there is a lot of pressure on the Waratahs. Uh, one man uh, who stood up during this season so beautifully and always does when he appears on this program and did so again uh, for his club side yesterday at beautiful Milner Field is the one, the only Ben Robinson. Uh, ben, good morning and thanks for joining us on The Ruck. No worries guys, it's always a pleasure. How, how's, how's the body after a bit of a hit out? What's been described as the best club rugby game in Sydney for decades? 
Gee, wow, we. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it, was, it was really good, guys. My body's um, hold up pretty good. Um, we had a pretty solid um, camp leading into the game with the Wallabies, so I was a little bit underdone, but um, you know, it was a pleasure to be out there and, and playing at, at TG and for the Woods to get another win. How good. Yeah, how good. All right, so let's just talk quickly about the uh, the Waratahs. Now, Baxter, so we talk about the uh, subcommittee of, I know, 425 uh, good and honest people who are <laughs> searching for your coach. It's very important. It's key now, isn't it, for, for your club? We've seen with the Chiefs that you can turn things around. Where do you sit? You've been a bit outspoken during the week about wanting to at least have a voice in what goes on. Where does all that sit? Um, you know, for me at the moment, I think I said initially it, it comes down to the board and the management decision uh, to to nominate uh, the head coach. Uh, but I think my comments were that you know, it'd be nice to get a few key players involved, which I spoke to Al during the week, and uh, you know that's happening, so that's good. But I think for us, you know, we've got such a strong squad at the moment. Um, you know, Beric Barnes, you know, Drew Mitchell, and, and some key players in the Wallaby squad at the moment. So I think for us at the moment is uh, you know is nominating a coach as quickly as we possibly can and, and getting on the same track. I saw. Um, yeah, you know, Berkey's comments this morning about everyone getting on the same page, and I think that's going to be crucial for us because you know, it's a great organisation, it's a great team at the moment, and uh, you know we're just looking forward to getting back into business again. I think that's the one, uh, Benny. When you look across the squad, there it's incredibly strong, albeit there were the the injuries that happened this year. But it's about working together and getting everyone on the on the same page to to deliver something. And if if you're looking at a, at a coach scenario this year, and we don't know the ins and outs of of what happened, but do you have any preference in, in regards to where the coach come from, Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, New Zealand, Australia, doesn't matter? Uh, for me, that's, you know, that's, that's not really an issue for me. I think for us at the moment, um, you know, is to get the players on the same page. Um, you know, that will... Uh you know that'll work itself out in the in the, in the coming months. But um, you know, I think as quickly as possible, um, they get a get, get a coach here, uh, get the players working, and uh, you know get back on that right track again. Hey Benny, where, where you're at with um, other international players is Sorel Petoris. Has he been released from his contract, and you're now able to look for other international players? Because I I just can't believe that the Waratahs um, are, are where they are at the moment. Because the the breeding ground you have in New South Wales is second to none in Australia. You have so many schoolboy players coming through, and I think the likes of when Kurt. Beale came through St Joseph's College. Um, they they found him very early and brought him through. Is that still happening in a, in a academy sense in New South Wales? Yeah, we we still have players coming through all the time. Um, you know, we have the academy there as well. Um, you know, it's a great breeding ground as you said there. You know, I, I made my way through uh, you know schoolboy rugby here, club rugby here as well, and and, and made it through the Waratahs. So it's still you know an amazing, healthy environment you know, for players to be involved in. Um, you know, around recruiting, I. Um, I I couldn't say around Pretorius or or some other players there, but I think you know for us at the moment, as I said before, is let's, let's get on the same page together. You know, let's work towards that, that next big result for us. Benny, uh, last night obviously the final of the Super Fifteen, the Chiefs beating the Sharks. Have you ever in your career done as Sonny Bill Williams did, scored the try, uh, ran to the crowd and leapt over the fence into the arms of the adoring public? Uh, to be honest, guys, my vertical jump's not that big. I wouldn't make it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, uh, that would probably take up too much energy for me. I'll, I'll be back on halfway and just sucking the big ones in, boys. But, uh, <laughs> no, look, it was, it was a great game of footy last night. Um, you know, throughout the year, the Chiefs have been uh, such a form side, and, uh, you know, they definitely deserve the win. Um, you know, they've got so many good quality young players as well, and, uh, you know, some experience with those older, older heads as well makes a big difference. 
Isn't it, I was going to say, isn't it great when you can just stand on halfway and clap someone to, when they've done something outstanding? You just, well done. I'm not even going to go near you. I'm just going to wait here until you come back. Well done, son. One of the greatest tries ever, but I think you see like a Tommy Kingston bust down and, you know, he's in the clear and all the front rowers. I think I used to sit there with Matty Dunning back in the day and we used to uh, enjoy those tries. Just turn them passes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, mate. Well, look, uh, all the best. Thanks so much for talking to us and good luck with next season. Uh, you should have that C next to your name. I think that would be an inspirational choice for the Waratahs for next year and thanks for being part of the show cheers guys this is the rock can you know it's an important news segment on the rock when we uh, go into his office and wake the voiceover guy up uh and get him to do something like this the rock here it comes for australia the top 10 moments the green and gold of australia in aussie rugby 10 can i take you back to a beautiful saturday in sydney in 2001 the wallabies playing the all blacks in captain john eels's final test the man nicknamed nobody because nobody's perfect. Deserved to go out a winner. The Wallabies. Self-proclaimed. <laughs> was that self-proclaimed? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, no one calls him. No one calls him. No, it's just Eelsy. Yeah. Just is himself, yeah. You have shattered <laughs> a, a, a long-standing illusion. No, no, yeah, exactly right. So nobody's perfect was his own name for himself. Self-proclaimed. She's not, he wasn't a very liked bloke, Eelsy. He had to try and, try and do something for the public. <laughs> that's that's, we'll that's number three, two, one and moment. one. All gone. All gone. <laughs> Can I take you back to 2001? The man nicknamed <coughs> Ego, because <laughs> it's not a dirty word. Uh, the Wallabies leading comfortably until a late surge by New Zealand saw them take the lead, threatened to destroy the fairy tale. With the Wallabies behind, the clock almost ran, ran out. I think about 76 minutes on the clock, 100,000 fans basically just holding their breath. This is what happened. Regan again, and Larkham. Kefu. sensational. I happened to be one of those 110,000 or mm. whatever it was in, in 2001. Just a brilliant moment. The great number eight with the with 60 Wallaby caps. Totai Kefa, one of the great rugby moments in the kit bag. He joins us now from Japan. Totai, hello and welcome. Good morning, guys. Pleasure to be here. How many times have you scored that try in your head or at rugby lunches <laughs> and functions? <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times. Hey, Kef, you're over there in Japan at the moment. You're um, coaching uh, Kubota, the team there, and um, I know you've been over there for a, a couple of months now. But going back to the try, the moment, did what did John Eel say to you when he hugged you when you scored that try and you put the ball down with about a minute to go? <laughs> Mate, he said to me, uh, whenever I see you after this, I'll show you a beer. I haven't seen him since, actually. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that would go, Kev Berkey, that would go to say that uh, you didn't get a cut of his memorabilia piece as well being the last game and the rest of it. No, I got nothing. Mate, take us through the last couple of minutes in that game. Um, it, was, uh, it was back and forth, both teams. Uh, ten minutes to go at the end there. And we, Wallabies, held onto the ball for about seven or eight minutes. We had penalty after penalty in that bottom left-hand corner. And then... In, in effect, it was just a, a simple, you know, uh, drop pass from, from Bernie to you. And then you went through about four blokes. Did you, did you ever imagine it was going to be, well, one that easy and two score a try? No, 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 not at all. Um, 
we, we work hand down there for a while and we thought, geez, you know, we, we, we couldn't get through. But uh, I think it was uh, Ronnie Kidd initially missed the tackle on me. And I was just kind of kept going um, and then kind of slithered my way through and just, and just got there. Every time I looked at it, I was thinking, uh, geez, how did, I, how did I do that? But, um, you know, I've spoken to the wrong kid because he, he's played over here in Japan. Yeah. Um, and um, he always comes up with an answer to these things standing by all my career. <laughs> well, uh, careful, I saw, I saw you a few weeks ago and you were playing number eight at that stage for the Wallabies. Now you'd probably play tight head prop, but you've, uh, you've done pretty well um, post post your career. But you'd be pleased to know your brother, Stevie Kefu, who's coaching um, the South's Magpies here in Brisbane, had a good win yesterday. Had Quade Cooper um, playing for South here. They beat uh, the Gold Coast. Is that something that... Uh, would you like to come back after your stint in Japan and, 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 and maybe apply your coaching trade here in Australia? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, we always, I always want to coach at the higher level. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I'm just helping the club out. Yeah, who I used to play for, who you know, in the last couple of years have gone through some hard times. So um, yeah, definitely, it's something for me in the future. All right, uh, Kef, it is a bit that line there from Japan, a little bit difficult to hear, but we thank you so much for not just being on the show, but for scoring that try, the uh, number 10 moment in uh, our greatest Wallaby moments. Uh, brilliant. It was the game. I watched it all. It was the, the game, not just that try, but his performance was sensational the entire time, all the time in the Wallaby and the gold number eight. Thanks so much for being part of the show, buddy. No, it's a pleasure, guys. There he goes. Well, I did watch it again the other day, mm. just looking, at, and his performance in both defence and attack that game was huge. Well, was he it? used to play. He used to play a lot of club football, Berkey. You remember in the centres, so it was a number eight, but virtually, you know, he could play any position in the back line as well. He was such a skillful player, Todd Kefu. Yeah. So John Eels offered to buy him a drink then. Never caught up with him since. Kaiser Sosa. Just, just getting a new a new version of John Eels every every week from you two men. Uh, we'll count down next week. Number nine. What will it be? If you want to help, uh, you can. We're on uh, Facebook or you can podcast us triplem.com.au. This is the Ruck. This is the Ruck on the Ruck, your rugby show, where we also like to share all sorts of information about other sports. Just let you know what's going on in the world outside in the AFL. Greater Western Sydney beat Port Adelaide by 34 points. Their second win ever, of course, this being their debut season. And I had a little look when they took the camera into the dressing room. They actually knew the words this time around to the team song. <laughs> Last time, they were, they were lum yum yum dum da dum da dum 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 blah blah blue blue yada yada yada. They had no idea. This time, mm. they'd learnt them. Sheeds, Kevin Sheedy coached his a thousand game. Pl- played and played coached, and yeah. Coach, yeah. What about, uh, did you see Mark Williams? I think it was, must have been three-quarter time. He came out there and he just gave him a spray. And at the end he said, Assistant coach, yep. do it for this bloke here. And you yeah. could just see that you know, young bloke's just getting revved up. Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant it was. And, of course, on the other side, Matthew Primus. is a gentleman, lovely bloke, uh, the Port Adelaide coach. He had his head in his hands for most of that game. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure where his head will be by the time he gets back to Adelaide. It'll probably be separate from his hands and the rest of his body. Magpies <laughs> beat the, the Saints. Well, uh, well, he's got two down there if he lives down there. <laughs> oh! One will be okay. <laughs> oh, there you That's go. Hello, something. Adelaide. You know we're going to Adelaide especially today. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 just a special one-off. Uh, Tigers uh, smashed the Lions by 48 points. In the NRL, the Manly just got over the Cowboys 8-6. And the Bulldogs, uh, too good for the Knights, 26-10. All right, let's go to London. Uh, the silver rain continues mm. for Australia. Silver medal for Mitchell Watt in the long jump, and he was he was happy with the, that result, which is terrific. The idea that this, sadly, is... Uh, the, well, the great news, Boomers 
beat Great Britain, so we've had one win over them, 160 to 75. So they're in the quarterfinal. I think they play the US now, Timmy, is that right? Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. You imagine that game, quarterfinals. Yeah. Are, you, are you a chance? You, well, you're, the, you're the, chance the US, dignified US, fourth. Yeah, well, the USA, nearly, <laughs> the USA nearly got beaten last night as well, so they struggled. But yeah. um, I mean, Mitchell Watt, yeah, he jumped 8.16 metres, and he's, as you said before, but he jumped uh, plenty of times over um, 8.30. But mm. um, if you haven't seen the race yet, the, the men's 10,000 metres. Yeah. Um, Mo Farah, un- unbelievable, Great Britain. And, and I think also uh, Aaron Denshin in the triathlon, if you've seen that, the women's triathlon yesterday, yeah. just mm. unbelievable effort, wasn't it? Yeah. Look, there was also some uh, terrific. You know, we, we always—it's always about Australian athletes, uh, and perhaps too much. But now you get to the track and you see jo- those wonderful international athletes. You see Usain Bolt run, and it's yeah. this beautiful thing to watch. He and Johan Blake go cruising into the final of the hundred metres, as you'd expect. Mm. Basically, uh, Usain Bolt ran quite hard for 50 metres, then went back and picked something up. He left at the start line, <laughs> came back and walked the last 20 and still uh, cruising in 10 point something. Oh, just, yeah. just over 10. Safa Pal did the same thing. Yeah, phenomenal. Incredible. What about one of the best moments of the games, though, I think? Um, Jessica Innes, so the heptathlete, yep. um, Great Britain, who was couldn't have been beaten in that 800 metre, the last race. And the runners behind her, when they're they're actually clapping her on the last race, really? the last lap as she's going around. I love that. See, that's the Olympic spirit. That and bagging people who get silver medals is the Olympic <laughs> spirit. We, we finished the swimming with a silver and a bronze in the relays, but we had no individual gold in the pool. Now, that's the first time since 1976 Montreal, I'd be right. Mm, and, in mm. fact, we're in danger now of, hey, look, Sally Pearson's got options. There are you know a couple of people who can do it. But perhaps of winning no individual gold, and that hasn't happened since 1976 in Montreal. The question is, and because look, silver is is the ugliest of all the medals. I, I do propose that you have a, the gold medal. Right. Second place gets a bucket of fish heads. Third place gets a bronze medal because in bronze is someone who's overachieved. They really weren't expecting you to just, get anything. Just scrape, just in. scrape yeah. in. You celebrate yeah. that. You gold. You're the winner. You celebrate it. You silver. You wanted to win, and you well, have one. That's yeah, well, a bucket silver, of fish heads. No, no one remembers mm-hmm. who gets the silver medal yeah. except the bloke who gets it and his mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Maybe, maybe there's two ways of looking at a silver medal, though, and uh-huh. maybe there's maybe there's the point zero one, like a James Magnuson, and yes. thinking, I should have got there. Yeah. Or then there's the guy who just beat third to get second. Yeah, okay. You're trying to put a positive spin on this, aren't try, you? I try my best. Well, well look, and speaking of it, in, in all reality, do we as a nation, because... Uh, with our expectations of our Olympic athletes. Yep. They've walked into that stadium and they're Olympians, let's face it, and that's something I never do. You two are elite athletes and you can relate to it. But, you know, so I have absolute admiration. Former. Yeah, former. <laughs> that's correct. Do we, are our expectations of their performances too high, do you think, Timmy? Well, I think because, you know, we are called the land down under. We, we were so far away and so far removed from, you know, the Chinese athletes, where they train, how they're performing, yep. um, the Great Britain athletes. Of course, that, they're always going to be um, performing to their utmost because they're hosting the games, and their rowers are outstanding. I think they had about 16 um, teams in the rowing, and they won about four goals, about five silvers, a couple of bronze as well. So we're quite removed from other countries and how they're performing because we, we have our blinkers on down here yep. and actually only see our athletes and think, well... If they've won a world championship, they should go on to win a gold medal, and that's two years later. So yeah. uh, I think we do put a lot of um, higher expectations on our athletes. And, you know, winning silver is a magnificent performance, um, and some of our swimmers have won silver and swum personal best times and been beaten by a world record. You can't do much yeah. more than that. And I, re- I reckon you've got to look around also the, you know, the intellectual property of, of training and, and coaches and that kind of stuff. We've lost a lot of coaches to other, other teams, especially yeah, Great GB. Britain, yeah. And... and so in a way, we can say that we are developing, you know, top edge, you know, science and the rest of it to be able to get these guys to be 
uh, guys and girls to be fitter, stronger, faster. So yeah, but also, but also, Berkey, there's, there's athletes. Yep. There's athletes coming to Australia and um, being coached in Australia. I mean, the Chinese swimmer who has mm. been out here and coached by the Australian Ken Wood. Um, up at Redcliffe in, in Brisbane. And so there's a lot of athletes coming to Australia to, to use our facilities and a lot of coaches going to the States and also going to China and also Russia to um, to help coach different sports. It is. And I guess like the World Cup too, the sad thing is about someone like James Magnuson beaten by a, you know, a fingertip is that he now waits four years. Four years. Four years for redemption. As Greg says, four more years. Yeah, just looking <laughs> at a bucket of fish heads. <laughs> This is The Ruck. Sadly, though, that is where we have to leave you on this edition of The Ruck. Timmy, anything to farewell us with? Oh, no, I'm just looking forward to, uh, well, next week there's not a lot of rugby on, is there? It's sort no. of a, a weekend off, and then we're into the Bledisloe Cup in Sydney the 18th of August. Yep. So uh, the Wallabies versus the All Blacks, and that's the first game of three, and the second game will be the following week at Eden Park. So big opportunity for the Wallabies. They've been in training camp. Players have gone back to their clubs, and um, Quade Cooper, as I mentioned, played for Souths yesterday, had a good win. Um, so it be interesting to see whether Berwick Barnes gets the number 10 spot and Quade Cooper sits on the bench, or Berwick... Beric Barnes, you know, he's been playing really well, but Quade Cooper, for mine, should start at 10. Well, the Wallaby captain, uh, David Pocock, continues his run as well. He got the uh, the Player of the Year uh, over at the Western Force. Gee, that would have been an interesting acceptance speech. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, he actually Thank said, you, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with rugby and team sport, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with individual awards, but I'll take it and thanks for coming. I <laughs> know, oh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, of course, he, he is off to the Brumbies for next season and uh, we are off as well. Enjoy next week, uh, of course, the number nine moment, the greatest moment in, in Wallaby history. Do you boys want to be consulted on this one at all? Yeah, can we, can we vote on this one? Yeah, we'll get a whiteboard out and see what happens. Okay. <laughs> Join you next see week. See you next week. Get out. See you, boys.